This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading today's UFC episode. Little bit of a warning. Nick is not happy. You know, you were top of the bantamweight world, blah, blah, blah. Yes, perfect. That's exactly what I want. Instead, Mighty Mouse, a.k.a. Captain Shithouse, I'm going to dub him this week. <laughs> and listen, we're talking about the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet here, and I, I don't say that lightly, but why did Mighty Mouse not go, oh, you know what, TJ, thank you, thank you, sir, this is the big fight I've been looking for, finally this will shut everyone up, it's a legacy fight because it's a fight against someone that's been a champion, exactly what I need, thank you. He doesn't stop there. He keeps going. Finally. Mm. Finally a name that he can go right, Dana White. My 10th defence, a former champion. He smashed Hen and Barrow. He's a, we, people know who he is. This is a pay-per-view. Is this not a pay-per-view fight? Is this not the fight Headliner. finally making a million dollars? Is the, and Dana couldn't have argued. Got up to, nope. DJ, you're right, mate. This is it. This is this is what you want. DJ wanted. versus TJ. That's what we want, man. Or for him listen. to back off and start talking about Ray Borg, I, I just thought, mate, fuck you. You <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> Luckily, there's light relief because we get to talk about the athletes' retreat at the UFC PI. That's Performance Institute for me and you. And she smacked her in the teeth at the athletes' retreat at the weekend. You could, listen, man, what do you expect? You're putting fighters in a room together and you're giving them booze. What do you reckon? An even lighter relief comes in the shape of Nick sporting an injury. Tell them the story. Tell them what's up with your eye. <laughs> I was uh, sparring Tony Bell. No, you weren't. And, Tell him uh, the took truth. Took a thumb in the eye. Tell him the truth. What really happened? You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 104 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you so much for downloading. Uh, if this is the first time you've ever stumbled across us, we've been doing this for time now. And as uh, the episode number states, there's quite a few for you to uh, go back through. If you wish to do so, you can do it on our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, we're also on all social medias at fight disciples on facebook twitter and instagram and i urge you to go to our facebook let me tell you because not only are we audible when i say we i mean him right not only is he audible this week but his ugly mush is all over the television and he's got some tales to tell uh from his uh is it a countdown show or is it behind the octagon show which one have you done this ufc week? breakdown ufc breakdown bt sport it's all over youtube yep. we put the links all over our facebook because he's been hanging out with his bum boy dan hardy again i'll only <laughs> say that to nick's face and not to dan hardy's face because the reptile had kicked my ass uh and you've also been hanging out with john as well you've been uh, breaking down ufc stockholm which we're going to get to later on in the show yes yeah hanging out with alexander gustafsson via skype seeing his new baby daughter Oh, amazing you can always tell when Nick's on the TV because he goes and gets his haircut yeah Don't tight you? fade son tight fade give him a shout give the lads a shout who do your haircut because they listen to the show now yeah the barbers in uh, in um, what's the what's the area you can't forget them now lad I can't. it's next to me it's, they're actually in my gym so the, the, the barbershop is based inside the gym in the gym? Actually, in the gym I go to, Where you yeah. go clanging and banging, where, where you do go, all your cardio. Where to go smashing about, yeah, where to go and get beat up by there's the a, heavy there's back. A, there's a hairdresser's in the gym. But it's not a hairdresser's, it's a men's barber boutique. It's a full-on guys covered in tattoos, big shaggy beards, doing their thing with the old, uh, the old blade and all that kind of stuff. It's the business. So you go in there, get yourself a tight fed. You've blagged them to put the podcast on, so they yep. have a listen during the week. They love the podcast. Yeah, they love the show. Are they? Are they getting any kickbacks from you? From obviously celebrity haircuts now, because you're obviously on the TV. You're doing all this stuff for BT. Well, I'm giving them a bit of a <laughs> shout out. That's about it. You're on the show and via social Lads, media. No, 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 no. Double his, double his, uh, his cost, mate. Double his cost. How much are they charging you? <laughs> it's expensive. It's not. Is cheap. it? 
No, it's not. Actually. Is it more it's, than a tenner? It, it, it's a tenner for the haircut and then a fiver for the beard. Uh, That's a good deal. A beard sort as well. Do you get a beard sort as well? Of course I do. Fucking I've hell. got a bit more than you. You've just got stubble. Yeah. You just look like you've had it every night. That's all. Because you're getting on a bit now, did they, uh, did they ask if you want your eyebrows doing? They don't actually, <laughs> but my my old barbers used yeah, yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Mine does. Yeah. And uh, the other week I was really insulted because he had a look inside my ears and he went, do you want me to take them out as well? And I went, you fucking cheeky bastard. <laughs> so my ear hair has gone. Oh dear. My eyebrows have done. Obviously I've not got much hair on me. Yeah, but uh, there's no point in anywhere else. The but ear here is that with a flame, is it? Did mm. he do that with a... Yeah, he's got like a little torch thing that just flashes zippo in your ear, does he? I'll tell you something, it wakes you up, let me tell you. Anyway, addresses, uh, Nick's addresses there, um, double his wages because obviously you're getting a little bit of credit. He's advertising your product whilst he is on uh, BT Sport. Which time does that thing. work then? Why should I pay them t- double what I'm paying them now because I'm advertising their barbers? Eh? You're saying they should charge me double? Yeah. I don't get it. Well, Surely the, they should charge me less. Surely no. I should be worth a you're, free haircut. You, you should be getting a free haircut because you're going on TV and advertising their thing is what you're doing, yeah? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah but they're making you look good for the TV because normally you're a minger. That's true. That, right? is, that is very exactly. true, and to, to be do fair. that, that costs a few extra quid. <laughs> it does, yeah. So yeah. get the fade on, lads. Get the fade <laughs> on. Um, anyway, you can catch that on our... Uh... Belle Vale. They're in Belle Vale Shop. Oh, you remembered now, have you? Belle Vale Shop. You've given them the credit, right? Top floor of Belle Vale Shop, Centre. The gym there, the guys at the barbers will sort you out. There you go. Anybody in particular that you want to go and ask for? Steve, I think his name Steve. is, yeah. They're all called Steve. Steve the barber. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, get yourself up there. Go and have a little bit of a nose and you can see um, the effects of what Steve's done to Nick's uh, <laughs> uh, via our Facebook page. Go and check it out at Fight Disciples because he's breaking down UFC Stockholm. He's done it for the TV. He's yeah. going to do it, obviously. It was on BT Sport on Wednesday. They'll probably repeat it again Friday or Saturday, but it's on YouTube. It's on UFC's YouTube account as well. Don't go and watch that, though, before you listen to this show because we're going to break it down ourselves in a minute, all right? Yeah, we're going to basically rip off everything we discussed there. That's yeah. it. That's how we roll. <laughs> uh, before we get to UFC Stockholm, let's get stuck into the big stories in the world of UFC this week. I'm absolutely heartbroken, mate. Heartbroken. Tears. Tears were streaming down my face. Little Cody. He's gone to Germany, he's had some acupuncture in his back, he's got himself engaged as well and all this. Yep. And the fight that I was looking forward to the most so far this year, bar obviously DC and John Jones, was Cody versus TJ yep. at UFC 213. Confirmed this week that it is off uh, because of the back injury. Yeah. <sighs> Heartbreaking because we love we love Cody, don't we? We we, we really are. we're right behind Cody Garbrandt. We know he's going to be the future. We know he's got a massive future in this sport. And that fight against TJ Dillashaw, you know, we've really enjoyed this tough season's been been cool. It's been a flashback to the good old days when tough was exciting and fun. And we've enjoyed it and we really wanted to see this big finale, but unfortunately it's on hold. But but the flip side of that is, it seems now we're actually going to get Demetrius Johnson in a decent fight. Are we, though? Are we, though? Well, listen, this this is what pissed me off this week. Go it's on. the fact that uh, TJ Dillashaw, former bantamweight champ, goes, right, okay then, so Cody's out. I'll go down, I'll fight Demetrius Johnson he, for the flyweight belt. Right, so drop the 10 tenth, pounds. Yeah, drop 10, I'll go down, drop 10 pounds, I'll, 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 I'll fight Demetrius Johnson for the flyweight belt for his 10th defence and all this, you know, equal and Anderson Silver's record, all this kind of stuff. And instead of Mighty Mouse going, yeah, brilliant, fantastic, you're a bigger name than all these flyweights that are contesting to be next, Ray yeah. Borg or whatever, yeah. you're a bigger name, you've been a champ, brilliant, yeah, you, you know, you you beat, uh, you know, you were top of the bantamweight world, blah, 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 yes, perfect, that's exactly what I want. Instead, Mighty Mouse, a.k.a. Captain Shithouse, I'm going to dub him this week, <laughs> and listen, we're talking about the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet here, and I, I don't say that lightly, but why did Mighty Mouse not go... 
Oh, you know what, TJ? Thank you. Thank you, sir. This is the big fight I've been looking for. Finally, this will shut everyone up. It's a legacy fight because it's a fight against someone that's been a champion. Exactly what I need. Thank you. This is defence number 10. Instead, he goes... Well, you, you can't just come down and push ahead of the, of all the flyweights like Ray Borg. We don't care about Ray Borg. Can't give a shit. Listen, Demetrius Johnson, you're the best flyweight on the planet. We we know that. We know that. What we're going to have to do is bring someone down from bantamweight that's a legit former world champion to give you a real test. Do not now then go. I don't, don't want to face it. He doesn't want a test. He wants fucking the, unbelievable. He, he wants the legacy fight. He doesn't want the test. You know what? It goes back to what we were saying a few weeks ago where he's going, oh, you know, I, I want my 10th defence to equal Anderson Silva. You ain't ever going to be on a par with Anderson Silva. He ain't ever going to be on a par. I don't care how good he is. Not even John Jones with the way he that he went He ain't going to be it. on a par because he's scared of taking fights. He won't leave. Yes, he's the best flyweight on the planet, but that ain't going to make him a legacy. That ain't ever going to make him top 10 pound for pound. In my book, if he stays where he is right now, especially fighting the likes of Ray Borg, no offence to Ray Borg, but a level below Demetrius Johnson, if he stays there, his legacy is completely and utterly tarnished. Well, He's got to go up. Well, well, hang on a minute, right. Going up, obviously, them relinquishes oh, the belt. Oh, it upset me. I, I was I, upset about it this I, week. I, I can see you revved, right? Going up relinquishes the belt. Yeah. Don't do that. Immediate fight. But he only goes up it's, for an immediate title shot. Of course, of course. Right? He doesn't have to go up this for this. This is what I'm saying, right? Because we've shouted uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks, we don't give a shit now who you fight. Go up and fight Cruz. Go yep. and do that rematch, yeah? Yeah. For hopefully a title, if the, if that becomes available at one hundred and thirty five pounds, I doubt it will do. However, right, because he's not going to do that, and he's of he's adamant. I want to defend this belt for the, le- the I want this record, which none of us give a shit about. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. He's been handed the the golden ticket. He's been given the golden ticket, which shuts everybody up. And then, yeah. as you just said, cement some type of legacy. TJ Dillashaw, a great name, a former UFC champion, yeah. is saying, "I'll drop. I'll come down and fight you, mate." What he's done is shit his pants because he's thinking, oh, hang on a minute, that's a bit of a tough fight. That TJ, TJ might turn me over here and I might not get my record and then everybody will forget about me. Well, sorry, pal. Yeah. This is the guy fi- that wants big money, by the way. People are going to forget about you anyway. Screams poverty at the yeah, UFC man. and Dana White. Oh, I don't earn enough money. I want more money. We've got a real fight for you. And yeah. there's money in You'll it. earn money from this fight. Get on it. Unbelievable. It, honestly, it completely and utterly tarnished what respect I had left for Demetrius Johnson. And this is a guy, again, I will reiterate, it's hard to argue he's not, John Jones is not active, hard to argue he's not the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet. Hard to argue because of what he does. Mm. But he's beaten substandard opposition. Nobody in the flyweight division is as good as him. I would argue TJ Dillashaw is as good as Demetrius Johnson. I'd agree. If TJ Dillashaw moves down, he's going to have to kill himself to drop that extra £10, but he's willing to do it to prove a point to win a world title, to get himself back in the mix. The fact that Demetrius Johnson didn't bite his hand off. I thought, as soon as I seen that, I thought, Mighty Mouse is going to be over the moon. Finally. Mm. Finally a name that he can go, right, Dana White, my 10th defence, a former champion. He smashed Henan Barrow. He's, we, people know who he is. This is a pay-per-view. Is this not a pay-per-view fight? Is this not the fight that finally making a million dollars? And Dana couldn't have argued. Go, nope. DJ, you're right, mate. This is it. This is this is what you DJ want. DJ versus TJ. That's what we want, man. All for him to back off and start talking about Ray Borg, I, I just know. thought, mate, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you. Know what I mean? I've never seen you so angry. Listen, oh, it's August, upset me. The, the the UFC want TJ versus DJ for August. That's what they want because yeah. of obviously the fight with Cody Garbrandt for two, uh, 13 being off now. Um, Cody has jumped all over it, saying, "Hang on a minute, TJ. Hang on a minute." 
You say you want me. Wait, my back will be a month, six yeah. weeks. We can get this on later on in this year. Why are you jumping all over um, Demetrius Johnson? Well, I can understand why he's jumping all over Demetrius Johnson because it's an opportunity they've become a champion, a two-weight world champion for him. Yep. Well done him, right? But I agree with Cody. If you really want the fight with Cody, just hang on six weeks. The fight's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Cody's there. He's not going anywhere. He just, he's incapacitated at this moment in time. And then exactly what you've just said there. As soon as I saw Demetrius Johnson chipping up saying, well, yeah, TJ can come down, but he's got to get in line. No, he hasn't. Yeah, no, exactly. he hasn't. Who's this? Who is Ray Borg? Come give a shit, mate. Yeah. Come on. Let's get that fight on. Anyway, away from all that debacle, and I'm sure it's going to pan out. Listen, someone's going to get bullied into uh, making that fight because if... It's money. It's money Money talks. Me. Money talks. If Dana pays uh, DJ to make the fight, they'll make the fight, right? So we hopefully we'll see that in August. 2.13 now has an interim middleweight belt on the line. Oh, exactly. Your mic! Your mic! <laughs> they made it, man. They made it. And they made it with the fight that I really, 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 really want to see. Bobby Knuckles is going to smash him up, man! <laughs> Mike Bispin's buzzing! He's oh, absolutely exactly. ecstatic! Exactly. Listen, Bobby Knuckles deserves it. We talked about this when he won his last fight. We were saying Robert Whitaker is the man at middleweight. There's a real momentum behind him. He's had to do it the hard way, the Max Holloway way, the Tony Ferguson way. He's mm. had to beat everybody to get anywhere near this. I was so happy when I seen that fight was made. I got nothing against Yo Romero. I love what Yo Romero no. does. Effective at what We're he does. We're boys. But Come man, on. I'm a Bobby Knuckles fan. <laughs> I want to see Bobby Knuckles put them knuckles on Yo Romero, put him to Kip, and be like, "Right, Mister Bispin, Bispin, I'm ready. Let's get it on. Let's do it. Let's get it on." So I'm so delighted for Mike that he doesn't have to fight Yo Romero. <laughs> <laughs> so delighted for him as he's uh, recuperating with his uh, with his knee problem. Hopefully then that still allows him enough time to recuperate enough to maybe do the GSP fight, which gets him a, a ball. Well, potentially, the they're talking now, aren't they, that GSP is going to fight the winner of Woodley versus Bayer. Yeah, they're coming down at welterweight. Yeah. Yeah, which would make more sense mm. because, let's face it, if not Bisping, then nobody else at middleweight. Mm. GSP it would have been a one-fight deal with Bisping because he thinks Bisping's an easy mark. Yeah, yeah. Win that, win the belt, poof, I'm back. I'm going back to welterweight. Let's see what's going on. Oh, Tyron Woodley's not around anymore. Oh, isn't that lovely? Yeah. The problem is, I think Tyron Woodley probably beats Damian Meyer, so Tyron Woodley's going nowhere in terms yeah, yeah. of being the champs. So. I agree. Uh, just on the middleweight division, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of weeks from Luke Rockhold. Looking a million dollars, by the way, on your yep. Instagram, Luke, if, you, if you're tuning into the show. You're looking a good-looking man. Looking fresh. Have you been, he might have been going to the same barbers as you, mate, because they're looking well, very similar. I, I can't. I imagine Luke Rockhold flies into Belleville Shopping Centre. You never know. To get his haircut, but you never know. You never know. Anyway, there's been a lot of noise with Luke Rockhold. When is he coming back? Because obviously his last appearance was when he got starched by our very own Michael Bispin over a year ago now. So when is he coming back? There's been loads of noises. His noise that has been coming back has been saying, well, I need to know the path. Mm-hmm. I want to know the path of the middleweight division well, we know the path now, brother. We know yeah. the path. We know that there's an interim belt on the line because Bispin is out injured. Bispin's out injured. Interim belt. It's Joe Romero versus Bobby Knuckles. Get yourself back in the mix now. You know where you know where the path of the middleweight division is. Expect, expect him versus Musasi to be made in the next four weeks, I reckon. Yeah, that's a good shout. Musasi deserves it as well. Musassi, 100%, man. If Musasi never got the call to fight Romero, you know, if that call went straight to Bobby Knuckles, and I'm not saying it shouldn't have done, then I'd be upset if I was Musasi. Musasi, for me, Musasi, Romero and Bobby Knuckles, they're the three yeah. that are most deserving of a shot at Yeah, 100%. Romero, Romero at the front of that, but those two right behind. Yeah. So the fact that 
Musasi is suddenly behind Robert Whittaker, as far as I can that's see. That's because he did in the Jackery, pecking order. Though. That's because yeah, he did Jackery. Of course, yeah, but he's kind of, you know, that Musasi didn't get that opportunity. So it, it, the fact that he's slightly behind that pecking order. So basically how it works now is Bisbon's champ. Yeah. Romero's number one contender. Yeah. Bobby Knuckles number two contender. Yeah. Musasi's number three contender. That must be the way the middleweight division looks. Rock holding with Musasi. What about two semifinals? Winner of that, then uh, takes on Bisbon. That's what Mike would love that. Mike would love just to sit just back as champ chilling. for another year, Absolutely do nothing. Chilling. Not defender's belts, just just walk, cruise the streets with his mm. belt with his belt on. Out of them all, Bobby Knuckles is probably the best matchup for Mike because they're both stand and bang strikers. Even though Bobby yeah, Knuckles I think is Bobby Knuckles probably a little bit too fast for Mike. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I like the rem- I, you know, I like the Rockhold rematch. I do for Mike. I do. Um, even though on his day, Luke Rockhold's probably the best of the lot. That's the crazy thing. For some reason, I hate the Musassi matchup for Mike. Yeah, he's horrible. He's- I just think Musassi would fucking, you know, just have his way with him. I think his boxing, his stand-ups just seems to be a lot better. His mm. ground game, not that you need it against Mike. For me, none of them match up well for Mike. <laughs> none of them are good. So the longer that he's out, the yeah, better. Exactly. So there you go, Mike. Just chill, man. Just exactly. chill. Hang there, back, brother. There you go. But that's my tip, right? Rock or Musassi, that I'm reckoning that will get made very, very soon. Um, now, we have to talk about the athletes' retreat, mate, yeah? Which because Chris Cyborg. Well, all of it. Because knocking it, people's teeth out. Listen, all of it. I've been watching this religiously on all our Instagram stories. I think it's brilliant because there's been so many top-level UFC athletes at this. This is to go to Las Vegas to check out the new facilities, which yep. we've been talking about over the last few weeks or so. Yep. Um, and then the lovely people at UFC decided to put a bit of a party on there, which was headlined by Snoop Dogg. Lovely. Uh, cool. Anyway. They got had, to, like, red hot chilli peppers. Just they like they had all these facilities, rehabilitation bits, where they can work out. The octo- it looks... Yep. Absolutely it's amazing. And they tell amazing. them they also do like a presentation on the future of the company. Yeah. And they go to like seminars on social media, how to attract more social media. Did yeah. you it's a full like oh, it's full, on. full on thing. Like, even the sponsors come in. They're doing it for a while. The sponsors come in, even Reebok came Did in. Did you see the fucking stage <laughs> <in> there? <laughs> They got absolutely rinsed. Oh my they? god. Can you imagine being in that room and then that uh, who was it that stood up? Is it Kimar Johnson that stood up? Who stood I'm up? Sure. The fighters stood up and basically said the deal between us and fighters isn't good enough, yeah, right? Yeah, and then the whole room just went, skits, yeah, right, he's gone, I'm in now. Yeah, yeah. Boom! And yeah. I'm thinking, oh shit, this is awkward. This has turned on them. <laughs> I like the way Kat Zingano come out and was like, I'd like to thank Reebok for me 50% off voucher. Like, I know. oh my God, like Reebok sponsor the sport. You should have all got like duffel bags full of gear, but instead they give you all a voucher yeah. for 50% off on the Reebok store. I know. How fucking embarrassing. If I was one of them fighters, I would actually put that code online and just Me let too, everybody yeah. rinse it. Smash them. it. Yeah, yeah. Get on it and absolutely <laughs> destroy it. I would. I would. So funny. And but, did you hear about Kobe Bryant as well? Kobe Bryant was guest speaker. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was talking about the. He was going for Former the union. union. Yes, it- <laughs> So he was the guest speaker at the UFC uh, retreat weekend, and he was advising all the fighters to form a union against the UFC. Unbelievable. Can't get that. But can't Unbelievable. Get that, can you? Exactly. Player power. Class. Um, now, if you are going to put the the baddest people on the planet in a room together, mm-hmm. give them a bit of alcohol and send them to a party, yep. you've got to expect some, some cross words. You've, you've got to expect some cross words. Uh, and especially if some of those people have had altercations in the past, yep. i.e. Uh, the lovely Chrissy Cyborg. Never say a bad word against Chrissy Cyborg because she retweets everything that we do. We love Chris, And Cyborg. she likes all our Instagram posts. Chris, if you're listening, love you. Vamos. All that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but Angela Mangana, 
was, let's just say, she's been naughty on social media, referring to Chris Cyborg as uh, the character from uh, Saw. Do you remember the Saw movies, the little uh, the little character there that looks a bit plastic? <laughs> yeah? She's done a few tweets uh, insinuating that Chris Cyborg is that character. Chris Cyborg didn't like that, and she smacked her in the teeth <laughs> at the athlete's retreat at the weekend. You co- Listen, man, what do you expect? You're putting fighters in a room together and you're giving them booze. What do you reckon? I think it was a bit bonkers. What surprised me more than anything about all that is the fact that Angela Mangana was even at the Athlete Retreat. Mm. She hasn't won a fight since about 1987. Mm. What the fuck was she doing there? Mm. I didn't even think she was in the UFC anymore. Mm. I'll tell you but, who else made me laugh that he was there. Al, Al Yakinta. How's he managed to I get know. in? He's been slagging every man and his dog exactly. off. So funny, isn't it? Al Yakinta, by the way, he said um, he went to, I think it was over the weekend, that wasn't it? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. He went to Friday, got bored, thought it was shit, and then went to a strip club for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I love him even more now. I think he's amazing. Class, all expenses paid trip by the UFC for you to go to the retreat your last an afternoon I know <laughs> the best thing about it though I wonder um, if any of them Jack the Rippers walked away with that Reebok voucher code for a dance <laughs> some, how many dances this way some free classics half half a dance half a classic yeah 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 <laughs> um, all in all though yes it was highly amusing watching Snoop Dogg perform for all these athletes at the end of it but the facilities look absolutely amazing oh yeah yeah and if you are for example Big Frank Big Francis Nagano who's going to be based out of there um, I've no doubt that your game is going to come on leaps and bounds if you've got all those facilities to take you to the next level. Yeah, no mm. doubt. Um, before we move on and talk about UFC Stockholm, let's just switch codes. Got to go to Bellator, mate. Weekend. Yep. All my days. Exactly how you predicted. Thank you. It just went down. Just it's went good. down. Rory McDonald, um, establishing himself as one of the best fighters on the planet, just went, I'm not fucking about with this shit. Let's close the distance and chalk the guy out. Done. Yep. Over. Bye. Simples. Simples, yeah. I'd like to, you know. Go on, Just take the credit. Take it, man. Take it. Doth thy cap that sounds, That's exactly that, how yeah. you said he would win the fight, it. and he that's did. It. Exactly, yeah. It was uh, It was on the cards. And uh, as much as I like Paul Daly from a British MMA point of view, the fact he's a bit of a pioneer, so exciting and some exciting fights over the years, this was always going to be a stretch for him. He's not been in the UFC for a long time. Even when he was in the UFC, he fell short at the highest level. Rory McDonald, regardless of what promotion he's in, still top 10 welterweight on the planet. Proved that on Saturday. That was mm. one question. We, you know, I called the fight, but I did say... However, Asterix, Rory McDonald's not been the same for the last two years. What has he got left? You know, what can he produce on the night? I actually spoke to Dan Hardy before the fight when we were shooting the thing last week oh, at Breakdown. Dan Hardy. And, uh, oh, Dan. and I was like, you know, because Dan knows Paul really well, a good mate, and obviously he was hoping Paul was going to do it. But he was like, I trained with, I trained with Rory McDonald a few years ago, and even then he was still, he was very much a boy then. And uh, he went, just the size and the physical strength of him blew me away. He's mm. more like a middleweight than a welterweight. Mm. He said, and that's what Paul probably struggled with. You look at him, you don't think he's that, but he's got that real man strength about him, like that inner strength. He said, and that's the worst thing I can happen. If he gets his hands on Paul, we're in trouble. When he if did. Pa- if Paul can keep it at range, we're in it. Blah, blah, blah. But that's exactly what happened. He did Rory him, got man. his hands on him. And just destroyed him, didn't he? Just took him down, him. choked the bloody living daylights out of him. Exactly. Talk to me about what happened afterwards when Paul Daly's walking away from the octagon back to his dressing room. He sees MVP, he thinks, well, oh, fuck it, I'll go for him. Well, exactly. <laughs> because there was it. so much talk in the build-up that he was going to fight Michael Venom Page. You know, he was like... A, well, the, that's what we thought the, the announcement was originally going to be. Well, exactly. Everyone did. And then suddenly it was like, wait a minute, who's this? Just got off a plane from Canada. It's Rory MacDonald. Wow. That was brilliant. But what it's done is it's set up perfectly and obviously now a fight with... Because that was effectively an eliminator for the welterweight belt. So what mm. they're saying is Rory's now going to go and fight for the welterweight belt. Uh, Paul Daly starts sliding down the rankings. Who could do with a, a named opponent to build themselves up? Michael Venom Page. But I'll tell you what, you know, 
The problem with fighting Paul Daly and thinking Paul Daly's a stepping stone is the guy still carries dynamite in both hands. And if he does land, you're in trouble. And both of these guys are strikers. And if you're yeah. going to get involved in a striking contest with Paul Daly, you're in trouble. Exactly. So it'd be all about MVP's creativity and his spinning kicks and everything else. Don't get me wrong. You'd probably give him the advantage. But... Paul to give him the advantage because of size and length. Yeah, size, length, and the fact that you know if he fights properly, he can keep he can at keep range. Paul Daly at range with his kicking game yeah. and his spins and his unpredictability, those crazy elbows that he throws. I think you've got to think that Michael Venom Page is on his way up the mountain and Paul Daly's certainly on his way back down. However, the last thing to go with these guys is the punch, and mm. uh, you know if Daly lands clean, but th- that's a great fight for us to look forward to over here now. I think we've had that that big Bellator moment was Mike was Rory McDonald against Paul Daly. I think next time I doubt we'll be at the O2, but it might like be the Wembley Arena, or it might even come up north or Birmingham. Mm. Might see a Bellator event there, which would be ideal with the MVP Paul Daly. Uh, we can't do this show without talking about the circus, by the way. Um, and off the back of last week's show, I think it was actually on the day that we released last week's show, after we eulogised whether there were any benefits between McGregor and uh, Mayweather, uh, we now know that Conor McGregor has ad- agreed terms with the UFC st- uh, side of the deal. So the B-side, according to Mayweather, is done, my friend. And now it's all about uh, Dana White talking to Al Heyman and uh, Floyd Mayweather to see if we can get this deal on. However, I would think that the McGregor deal with the UFC is probably the probably the hardest bit of it yeah, to get done. Toughest part. Because... Purely that, surely that was down to the UFC making a tentative uh, discussion with Al Heyman, with Mayweather Promotions, going, right, okay, what are we talking about? What's the pot? Okay. Great. Okay, we'll take that away. We'll talk to our guy, which was, and then it was a case of saying to Connor, like, we're going to do you a massive favour here. We're going to re- release you to do the fight. You're going to get 75% of the money. We're only going to take 25% of the money, even though we're the promotion. We own you. We can do what we like. We're doing you a favour in return for you do X, Y, Z, whatever they've come to. So that was the hard part, was yeah. convincing Connor to, to the UFC to do negotiating yeah. and sort it all out. Obviously, the money involved, and Connor was obviously never, ever going to say no. UFC are obviously happy with their slice of the pie. Now it's back to Mayweather. Right, okay, you told us we had this to play with. We've sorted our end. Sort your end. We'll meet in the middle. we get the TV deal done. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now then, let's turn our attention to the man that Nick named his son after. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about Nick's eye. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thought I got away with that. No, you won't see this on the link that we put on our Facebook page because Nick, uh, he, he looks absolutely spandangly next to uh, Dan Hardy and John on the uh, on the breakdown show for UFC Stockholm. However, the after effects of obviously wearing TV makeup has taken its toll uh, on Nicholas. It's, right, I saw him. I saw him Thursday night after you'd uh, after you'd filmed this in London. We yep. were both in London at the same time. Yeah. So we we met up. We had something to eat. Didn't see anything untoward then. On Friday we met up again. Um, our kids were hanging out and what have you. And I saw you. And I thought there's something gammy with his eye here, but I'm not going to say anything to you. I was just leaving be. Anyway, he turned up for recording this week, and I was pissing myself right because it it looks like someone's proper clocked him. I thought it was his two year old. I thought I, I, I thought <laughs> I thought young Alex had done you right. <laughs> Tell them the story. Tell them what's up with your eye. <laughs> I was uh, sparring Tony Bell. No, you weren't. And, Tell uh, them the I truth. Took a thumb in the eye. Tell them the truth. What really happened? The makeup girl mustn't have washed the makeup off my eye properly from UFC breakdown. She's got a ma- bit of an eye infection. She's make- makeup to your eye, and your eyes all closed up. You're looking a little bit like Yara Rodriguez <laughs> at this moment in time, aren't you? <laughs> it's 
potentially not that bad, but not the most. Uh, I bet you don't tell your barbers that, did you? You didn't tell the barber lads that. You exactly, didn't tell the lads yeah. in the gym that, did no, you? No, no. Ooh, took an eye. Took oh, an eye. Yeah. Took a bit of a gouge. Having a bit of a move around with Darren Till before he flew out to Stockholm, and you know, took an elbow, and it, that's, it happens, doesn't it? It happens, boys. Yeah. Lads, if you're listening, Never make up. Face properly. Make up. He didn't wash his face after wearing eyeliner. That's basically what went down. Eyeliner. Come all on. Right, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, there you go. So keep an eye out for that if you do see him, no pardon the pun, um, over the next week or so. We need to do another TV show, get you on camera so people can see uh, your gammy eye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, UFC Stockholm. Uh, you broke it down on the television. Yeah. Um, I, I know that you uh, have got affections towards Alexander Gustafsson. Yeah. Um, this is a really, really, really good matchup in the light heavyweight division. And the reason why I say that is because there's not a depth of talent in the light heavyweight division. Yes, our boy Jimmy is probably right at the front of the queue, knocking down the door for DC and John Jones. But right behind him, well, many people might even say right in front of him, are these two, Glover Teixeira uh, and Alexander Gustafsson, two lads that have uh, formally challenged for this particular belt, come up short against John Jones and DC in the past. Yeah. Um, but they go toe to two. In effect... You probably think that this is some type of eliminator, wouldn't you? It's got to be. And listen, we know Jimmy's on a bit of a tear right now. We want Jimmy to get a title shot as UK Fight fans. It'd be amazing. But let's be honest, these two are the marquee names behind Cormier and John Jones. Certainly now with Rumble walking away from the sport to sell weed for a living, um, <laughs> which is a true story. True story. <laughs> um, so you've got to think that a, a big performance by either, and by either, obviously, I mean, hopefully Gustafsson smashes them to bits would mean that this guy, this guy was going to be ringside at Cormier Jones and will be straight in with the next title shot. No offence to Jimmy. Alexander's definitely a bigger name. He lost the split decision to John Jones, which yeah. I thought he'd won. Yeah. A lot of people thought he'd yeah, won. He did. Very, very close fight. Should have had an immediate rematch. Didn't happen. Then obviously he did get a second chance against Daniel Cormier. Another incredibly close fight. Three yeah. rounds to two again. Taking Cormier down. I know. Like he was taking John Jones down. Yeah, yeah. You know, unbelievable. Cormier was probably one of the best, best wrestlers in MMA. And uh, that that's the level Gustafsson is used to being at. That's where he belongs. I want to see him get this title shot again. I want to see third time lucky. I think Glover Tashir is in the way this weekend. For me, and I mentioned this on the show, it's like a generation's fight for me. I think Gustafsson is well-rounded. He can do everything. His top game's great. He uses his length really well. He can box. He can kick. I love it when you say Grappling that. game's great. His he, top game. No, he uses his length really well. <laughs> just makes me feel Man like length. he's getting his cock out and just whacking somebody <laughs> over the head with it. <laughs> and, uh, Sorry, that's my immaturity. Easy. Let's get back to talking easy. MMA. <laughs> uh, I think Glover Tashira by that, and what I mean is, he feels like the last generation. He's more of a Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, mm. kind of, you know, sprawler brawler. That's what I know. Glover's a black belt in jujitsu. We yeah. just don't get to see it because he doesn't ever use it. Yeah, yeah. He's more of a banger. But what I mean by that is, he likes to let his fist go. He likes to get up close. He likes to throw hooks on the inside and, and throw big shots, knock out punches. Yeah, that's what he's all about. I think Gus Afton's a bit more round and a bit more today, a would bit you, more modern. Athlete. Would you not say out of the two? I mean, obviously, I know that you've got a favourite in this fight in in Gustafsson, But the way I look at it, I think to myself, I want Gustafsson to win mm-hmm. because of the unpredictability. Then of if he does get a DC or if he does get a John Jones. I I just think Glover Teixeira is a little bit too predictable. As you just said there, right? Yeah. He's a second level um, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he's Glover. Yeah. We very rarely get to see that. Mm-hmm. We very rarely get to see his wrestling because he's looking for those looping big right hands constantly. Yeah. He's loading up with his right hands. Yeah. So therefore, from Gustafsson's point of view, you know what you're going to get. Exactly. You know what's coming your way. He's quite predictable, his Glover. Don't get me wrong. It's a great tool. Yeah, and yeah. when he does land, he puts a lot of people to sleep. But because it's so predictable and Gustafsson's so switched on regarding the technical aspects of the whole round uh, mixed martial arts, I think that he'll know 
how to um, nullify what's coming back his way and therefore yeah. will be able to adapt his attack game because, let's be straight, man, his takedown defence is very, very good. Yeah. Um, his wrestling's it, excellent. Yeah, absolutely. His grappling's fantastic and his striking's fantastic mm. as well. You know what I mean? I kind of like it when he goes toe-to-toe with a few guys. He did that with John Jones for a lot of the yeah, fight. Yeah. They were stood up and they were whacking the shit out of each other. Yeah. And Jimmy. He did it with Jimmy Manuel. Yeah. And he beat Jimmy. Put him to sleep. Yeah, he put Jimmy to sleep. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> Randomly now, the best mates in the training together. Know, exactly, which, yeah. I'll knock you out and now we'll just be mates. We'll That's the be beauty of mixed martial arts. Yeah, beauty of fight sport, yeah. But listen, I, I just think this is a big moment for Gustafsson because he was he was wavering for a while as well. He, you know, after the Cormier defeat and then he got knocked out by Rumble. It was a bit like, you know, I, I've had my chance and I ain't going to get there. And I think he had to do a bit of soul searching. But, you know, he's come back, he's... He, he's, he's Told us on the show that he's, you know, he's more fired up than ever. He's got a baby daughter now. He's got something to fight for. He's really feeling stronger and more positive about his career before. And he's in his hometown, man. Exactly. You know, he's at home. magical things happen. I've seen him fight in Stockholm twice before. He won, he won the first one, and then obviously got caught by Rumble in the second one, which was one of them four a.m. jobs, which was a bit crazy. Listen, this fight on Sunday night as well. Let's not forget this yeah. is Sunday night in the UK. Into Monday morning. Uh, into Monday morning. Yeah, over from Stockholm, so it won't be too late. But get ready for something a bit special. Definitely worth staying up for Alexander Gustafsson because I think we're going to get vintage Gustafsson. Just regarding their win streaks at this moment in time, the better momentum is with Glover because I think he's won four out of five. I think uh, Alex has won, uh, lost three out of five. All right, he's lost big fights, but and he's been very inactive yeah. over that period of time. Does that count for anything? Momentum, ring rust, anything like that? Uh, I don't think so. Not when you think that he's, you know, Gustafsson's been fighting against the likes of Cormier, Rumble. Uh, oh, hello. Do you want to take the studio just, to pieces, son? Just throw a right hook at that there. There's me shadow boxing. Uh, Cormier Rumble, John it's be, Jones. It's because his eyes closed, he couldn't see it. It was in his way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jimmy Manoa. You know, these are the guys that Alexander Gustafsson's been in with, a better, a higher level guy, to be honest with you. So uh, I don't think that'll play its part. In fact, to be honest with you, I think the, the time away has probably served Gustafsson even better because I just feel like he's mentally regrouped now mm. and realised that, you know, Rumble can catch anyone. As he did with Glover. That's what ended Glover's streak. Exactly. He was on a lovely streak, wasn't he? Was, he? Yeah, you were thinking yeah. that he was going to be in the mix and then yeah. he, he ran into Rumble. by Rumble's fists, yeah. You know, it, it, it happens. And then the narrow defeat to Cormier could have gone either way. John Jones certainly could have gone either way. There was mm. absolutely nothing in that fight. So, listen, this is a great, great main event. But I think it's Alexander Gustafsson's time. It's his time to take over. Uh, now, listen, that's the one that stands out to me as the casual UFC fan. You're right in there, knee deep, balls deep, yeah. teabagging everything. Uh, there's a scouser involved in this as well, and there's a couple of other fights that have uh, caught your eye. Come on, enlighten yeah, us. Yeah, well, listen, the, the chief support's a good one. The, co- the co-main event's a good one. Uh, Uzadmir versus Serkinov. Both these guys are ranked in the top 10, top 15 in the light heavyweight division, or top 10, yeah. Uh, Uzadmir, he's only had one fight in the UFC, but he's already ranked number five. reason is he came in at late notice, sparked OSP, uh, beat OSP on points, sorry, yeah. took OSP's ranking. I, I'm all about that. If you beat a guy, you deserve to be where he is, or certainly within spitting distance. So Uzadmir, even though everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy if you didn't see that fight you saw me thinking who's fuck's this guy ranked number five he's only had one fight in the UFC that's why he got he, he beat someone that was ranked number five so he's gone in number five his background spends his entire career as a sparring partner for Alistair Overeem and more recently has been based out of Florida as a main sparring partner for Rumble Johnson so the fucking guy is legit so don't worry about that but that's a me a cool little co-main event enjoy that but just coming to my boy Darren Till on the prelim cards I know our, our clock's ticking quick quick background on Darren Till Scouser, three amateur fights, running with the wrong crowd. His coach Colin Head and puts him on a plane to Brazil to do some ground, learn, learn Luta Livre ground game, like a a working man's jiu jitsu, if you like. Goes out there, 
builds up an 11-0 record as a scouser fighting in Brazil on Brazilian cards against Brazilians. So you can imagine an Englishman based in Brazil fighting on Brazilian cards. He ain't getting no favours, yet he racks up an 11-0 record. Gets a late night notice at chance with the UFC. It's like two years ago. Goes in the UFC, smashes a guy, knocks him out, another Brazilian, knocks him out in the uh, second round. Sensational performance. And then straight after that, he gets in and uh, gets on the mic. And he's rapping away in his Scouse English, you know, and we're all loving him. And then they try to pass the mic to the uh, the linguist to do the Portuguese, and he goes straight into fluent Portuguese. Starts speaking Portuguese? Starts f- speaking... A Scouser? Fluent, a Scouser. Starts speaking fluent Portuguese. Absolutely amazing. Every MMA fan in the world just went, who is this guy? He's amazing. We love him. More of him, please. Unfortunately, next fight, fight Nicholas Dalby from Europe, your former Cage Warriors champion. Amazing fight. Wins the first two rounds, easy. Pops his shoulder, end of the second round. Fights the entire third round <laughs> with a popped shoulder. Loses at why 10 didn't he, Why didn't he pull out the fight? Because he wanted to win. He stayed in the fight stayed with in the fight because he wanted to win, yeah. Loses that round, no, 10-8 on the judges' scorecard. Who's this guy? So, it drew, so he gets a draw. That was over 18 months ago, 19 months ago now. He's finally repaired his shoulder. He's finally fit again. He's still living in Brazil. Bizarrely came over to Liverpool to do his fight camp, but lives in Brazil, got a, got a family over there, young, a young daughter and stuff. But this is his first fight back in Stockholm. He's on the prelim card on UFC Fight Pass. Do not miss it, because this guy is going to be a star, I'm telling you. Darren Till. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you very much for listening to our UFC show. Hopefully you enjoyed that. I will uh, take pictures of Nick right now so you can see his eyes. He's actually rubbing them as we speak as we finish the show. <laughs> Um, if you uh, want to interact with us throughout the whole course uh, of the weekend as we get stuck into USC Stockholm, uh, you can do via our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fight Disciples. Please go there. And if this is the only time that you've ever listened to us, subscribe, man. We're here every single week. Next week, we've got a hell of a breakdown as we get stuck into a bit of Aldo uh, and Holloway. We'll be getting dead excited about 212. Uh, so go to fightdisciples.com. Everything is online for you right now. We will catch you next time without the eyeliner. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.